Warning, the Fetish Finesse with Nisi show contains audio with adult language and sexual content. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 and may not be suitable for all adults. Listener discretion is advised. Tuning in this evening to Fetish Finesse with Nisi, brought to you on He Said What Radio Network. I am your host, Nisi, and if you're wondering what this show is about, let me tell you. I found it incredibly important that everyone find peace with who they are and what it is they love. As for me, I love being able to educate people on every bit of intimacy beyond taboos. This show is for the grown and sexy, so if you have any question, please be sure to call in during my Ask Nisi segment that starts at 8.45 p.m. The number to call in is 515-602-9647 and then press 1. Tonight's topic is all about the history of dildos and the ancient sexual taboos and plus more. Now, if you're looking to advertise on the show, please send your email with the subject to info at he said what network.com. Make sure you follow me on IG fetish underscore finesse as well as the network at he said what radio. Okay, so now I'm going to get into my topic. And I just got a, like a cute little intro to for you guys. And so this is where I'm going to start at. Humans have superpower. They get wet without water. They bleed without injury. They make boneless meat hard and can make a human eat without cooking. Humans that invest in themselves tend to go farther. Okay, fetish finesse. I started this show because a lot of times if you decide to tell people, oh, I have different type of fetishes, they automatically go, oh, that's nasty. But no, 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 no. Let me bring it down and let me show you how you can get into this, how you can get into fetish finesse and make it real delicate and make it sensual and make it intimate and make it just take you to other levels. Fetish. Fetish is a form of sexual desires in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body. Finesse is doing something in a subtle and delicate manner. Okay? So let me start you guys with the history of the dildos. Okay. Back in the 1800s, the 1900s, a lot of times women that were virgins or they were single, they went to the doctor once a month and the doctor would masturbate them for 30 minutes. And they would, what they would do is they would shake and then the doctor would hold them down. They called this hysteria. Hysteria was a common diagnosis for women who just needed to get laid or at the way at the way least, treat themselves to a few mind-blowing orgasms. Since most women in the old-timing days did not even know that they could have an orgasm, like today, they needed someone or something to help them. Back in the 1800s, 
also Cleopatra's story. She was married twice, and what she would do was she would put live bees in, like, the wood dildos, and when the bees started shaking, she would put it near her vagina or her anal, and then she would have an orgasm. So people just thought that she was wild. She would have, like, wild parties. People just thought she was wild. And at the wild parties that she would have, she would be naked as a damn jaybird. People just thought she was wild. But what, at that point, she was just telling women, you don't have to be suppressed. You don't have to go with the trend or you don't have to be prime and proper. It is okay to be who you are, okay? Things that was, things that was prescribed. At the time of the hysteria, like I told you early on, was the massage. And hysteria is, they call hysteria, the hysteria is primary a woman's disease. And at that point, at that point, they thought women were just crazy as hell. Like some of the day, you automatically know, a lot of times when women have their cycle, they get to acting a little different, they hurt, and they whine, and they need medicine. Okay, so at this point in time, they would never do it to a married woman because they figure like, well, she got a husband, she'll get laid. And we already know a lot of times married people, once they say, I do, you might get it once a month. You get special attention during the holidays, Okay. So at this point, when women would go to the doctor, it was made for a lucrative, repeat business. But at that point, doctors got so tired of masturbating women, their hands started to hurt, their arms started to hurt. And that's how we come into the history of the first deal, though, okay? So the first deal, though, was really made in 1900, and it is called the hand crank, V-E-E-D-E-E. And at this point, if you look at this deal, though, it reminds you of an egg beater. It has a wood ending to it, and the stem of it is more like a metal, and at the end you can use like three different, mm, what would we call it? Mm, mm, tops. I don't even know what we will call it. Even though I purchased it, it took me about three months to find this particular item. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. I've used it. Of course, I use all of my products. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. And I would never use that even back in the 1900s. In the 1920s, um, at that point, that's when dildos decided they were going to put dildos in porn movies. As I tell you, when you look at the vintage dildos that I have purchased, they're hard, they're uncomfortable, they're loud, sound like an 1800 truck. Okay. And they was made to be portable. Vibrators was made to be portable in the 1930s. From the 1950s to the 1960s, um, that's when, at that point, they decided the vibrators are hard, they're uncomfortable, and we want our women to be happy because a lot of times in the 1950s, 1960s, women didn't, women didn't work, so they was at home, their husband was gone. So at that point, they put rubble. They, they made the dildos out of rubble, and they made more of a lightweight type item. In the 1970s, let's get to this part. I call this the good part, was the first the first porn between the 1970s and the 1972 was the first porn that was made. It was called the deep throw, and I'm going to give you a little history about that. 
the porn star was Linda Lovelace. And the reason why they called this porn deep throat because she was so sexual frustrated. She wanted to know how could she have an orgasm. And she went to the doctor. She complained to her friends. She went to the doctor. She complained to her friends. So they were like, hell, she crazy as hell. And I'm like, she ain't crazy as hell. A lot of women can't have orgasms. I've had people to ask me to teach them how to have orgasms. Okay. What the doctor found out was that her clitoris, her clitoris was in the back of her throat. It was a what? Song made out of that. Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, the little thing in the back of your throat. And what she realized is that the movie was called Deep Throat because what she realized was that in order for her to achieve her, her orgasm, she had to get blowjobs. That's why the movie was called Deep Throat. Okay, point back in the 1970s, 1972, when this movie came out and Linda Lovelace was in her 20s and she she was the first porn star, it was like, oh, no, women are supposed to do that. They're supposed to still be suppressed. And they court-martialed. They boycotted this movie. And women were like, oh, no, 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 no. It's finally somebody that understands us. It's finally somebody that's putting it out there in the public face. So they even took this. They took the time to take this movie, to take her, and to take her co-host to the court system, okay? And they even took this man, and for the first time, he was the first actor, the first man in history to be judged and to be jailed because he decided that he was going to do porn with this lady. And his name was Adam Brody. And in the and in the Detroit movie, he played Harry uh, Rams, okay? Um, in 1970, they took him back. They took him to the um, court in 1975. And in 1976, the provision was overturned a year later. In 23 states, deep throat was banned, okay? What I'm just trying to say is that most of the time we start from the middle to the end when it comes down to sex, when it comes down to what we want, to what it comes down to what we're asking our partners and what we want. Or we may be shocked. Because a lot of us was raised in a household where religion was very important. Your parents didn't talk to you about sex. They didn't talk to you about how everything's supposed to feel, how you're supposed to be touched. So with the dildos, I just wanted to give a little history on how everything came about. Even in a BC era, even in an AD era, they they still think that women didn't have a right to ask for what they want from their sexual partner. Even now, we're in what, 2021? A lot of times, if you ask your partner, no, I don't like this, I don't like that, he think you're being aggressive. And instead of taking it to the point to where, well, at least she's being honest with me, let me sit down and have this conversation. He wants to tell you how it's supposed to feel to you. He don't really know. Only thing he's doing is going from one sexual partner to the next doing the same thing, and nobody ever stops them. Nobody ever stops them. But who fault is that? It's the woman's fault. Because at the end of the day, it is your body. 
And if something don't feel good to you and you're laying on this bed and you constantly going through it, you constantly going through it every and then at that point you say, Well, I don't like sex. I don't like or sex. I don't like giving I don't like giving blowjobs. Why you don't like it? It's a natural it's a natural act between two people. Okay? So when you sit down and you have that conversation with your partner, it's like, hey, but I'm not telling women to just go at them like that, especially with African-American men. You got to treat this right here a little different. Have a date night. I'm big on date nights. You have a date night every Friday or whatever calendar week that you look at, and you be like, okay, when since we're at home together, put the kids to bed at 830. You start to teach him how you want to be treated behind closed doors. You start to teach him how you want to be touched, how you want to be talked to, how you want to be catered to. You start to teach him. He don't know. He's not a mind reader. He has no clue on what you want. Everybody's working these days. Everybody's taking care of the kids. But if you realize something, most couples that's been married for 20-plus years and when the kids get grown, people finish college, you're like, they divorced. Why? Because at the end of the day, they didn't take care of each other. But you started with each other. I tell women all the time, in order for you to become two, you need to understand one. And don't sit up and say, well, he should know what I want. He's not your mind reader. I'm going to have to take up for the men sometimes. He's not your mind reader. Every five years, it's like women needs change. When your needs change, you talk to your partner. You take him by the hand. You fix his favorite drink, maybe his favorite food. You walk around in something sexy, get his attention. Guess what? He's going to hear you. He is really going to hear you. But how can you tell him how to touch you if you never touch yourself, if you're never comfortable in, in like, exploring your body? And I don't understand women like, well, I don't do that. Why is your body? Why you don't touch yourself? Why don't you understand what makes you happy? What makes you real soft and mushy? I don't understand you not understanding that, but you expect for your partner to get it. And then you say, well, he's not satisfying me. And then you get into this suppressed state. It never fails. You get into the suppressed state. Now, if you got a partner that ain't trying to hear you, and he just think because he get his heart on, he just want to lay with you, no, 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 no. You got to please me. It takes two people. It really takes two people. Show him. Show her. And that's all I'm saying. Um, most of the time, women say, well, I can't have an orgasm. Did you try? Well, I don't know how to do that. Did you try? You just say what you don't know how to do because you don't want to put forth the effort. Or he'll say, I don't know how to do that. Did you try? Did you try? It's unfair for two people to decide to get together and they don't put forth the effort. We all know sex and money is what turns the world around. We all know that. And for you to say, well, I don't like to give, I don't like to give him that special attention. Why? He's your husband. Well, I don't, I don't, he don't do that right. Show him. Show him. Um, when I was researching and I realized, let me 
start from the beginning on how the vibrators, how the every all the toys came about. Let me give a little history so women can understand about how even back then, all the suppression, all the oppression, all even then they like, let me just give her 30, 30 minutes of masturbation and she going by her business. And, it's, and if you go and you look up the history of vibrators, you'll see a doctor with a pocket watch. And what he's doing is he's looking down to the 30 minute. And once the lady starts shaking, guess what they do? They hold us down, they calm us down. And we just go through years of, of that oppression. We go through years of that suppression. Women, being a woman, we understand that if we don't get satisfied behind closed doors with our mate or in life general, we it's like our attitude changes. Our attitude changes, and it's not and it's not fair to your partner. It's not fair to your family to stay in that oppressed state. You hear women say, well, I'm not into toys. Do something different. Do something different. I wouldn't advise nobody to go out and get the vintage toys because they're horrible and they're hard. But like I said earlier on, they was created because some man got tired of masturbating a woman and his hand was hurting, his arms was hurting, and he was like, hey, let me get her this hard toy to make her happy. But at the end of the day, you're not happy. That's the history of the vibrators. One one thing I wanted to say about the history of vibrators, one of the doctors created the table, and it had like one ball on there. It was like a tennis ball that's hard like a metal. And the women would lay on that table and scoot down far enough to where the tennis ball can go round and round and round and round and round and masturbate her. No no wonder women were suppressed for the rest of their lives. But in today's time, it's nothing wrong with masturbation. It's nothing wrong with trying toys. It's nothing wrong with taking your sexual um your sexual activity with your partner to another level. It's nothing wrong with touching yourself. It's nothing wrong with exploring. It's nothing wrong with none of that to come out of their taboos and their stigma. And when we're told, don't talk about sex, don't discuss sex, if your partner want it, if he want it, give it to him. And I'm even talking about same sex. If your partner want it, give it to him. It's nothing wrong with don't don't. It's nothing wrong with just being sexual liberal. I'm. I had to understand myself that once you get liberated in that area, it seems like everything just falls into place. And I'm not saying that I'm the expert. That's not what I'm trying to get at when it comes down to sex. I'm just trying to educate and give audience people, especially women, a different type of understanding. A lot of times women think that they have to be a certain size, like if I get down to 100 pounds, he'll understand, he'll think I'm sexy. No. Sexual sexy 
and how you your security and how you feel about yourself start from the inside. We always want to work on the outside and then come from the inside, and that's not the way life goes. You have to work on the inside first and get your security blanket up because you can be 120 pounds and you can look like, ugh, then you can be 320 pounds and you can be like, you can be one of the gorgeous women that walks in the room. Now, I'm going back to the Venice Dildos. I was looking at the Venice Dildos and I decided I would have never used nothing like that on my body back in the day. Back in old time days, as they call it, even when you're being a virgin or you're being unmarried, um, I would have learned myself. And if I had friends that were still in that stigma, I would have taught them to learn themselves. We, um, as sexual beings, we do a lot of things that uh, taboo, and we stick to that. And I don't understand as a person or when most people say, I'm not there yet. How long is it going to take you to get there? You've been married for 20-some years. Oh, we never tried that. Did you introduce your partner to that? Because when you say sex to a man and you bring him in something new, oh, he's down with it. And if you say sex to a woman, she's very open-minded, you bring in something new, she's down with it. We as people have to get out of that stigma. That is the reason why I want to do the history of the deodos. I want to start this show off with history of the deodos. And this is my, actually my first time ever being on a radio station. I wanted to start off with the history of deodos to give people from man to woman, same-sex relationships, just an idea of that mind change, that mindset on where you can change your mind. And there's nothing wrong with being happy behind closed doors with your partner. There's nothing wrong with doing something different with your partner. There's nothing wrong with a man pleasing his woman. There's nothing wrong with a woman pleasing her man. We need, we as people, as human beings, need to get out of that stigma. Um, I'm getting that because I hear, me personally, I hear a lot of, I'm not into that. Why? Because you grew up in a country, you grew up in the deep south, and you was told that it's wrong to do that. But you got a partner, and you want him or her to understand that you don't do that. It's unfair to that person. That is the reason why I want to do the history of the deal, though, just to give that understanding. A lot of times, I'm going to recap, a lot of times we do start from the middle to the end, but we never go to the beginning on why why this is the way it is. I guarantee everybody that's listening, when you become sexually open-minded, when you become sexually liberated, when you're able to take 
and talk to your partner, when you're able to try new things, when you're able to set aside time and dates and and for your partner, everything changes. A lot of times women say men don't listen. Why he don't listen? Because you're coming back, you're going to you're going to bed with the same old regular t shirt on. Or the women is more liberal and the man putting on the same old regular boxers. So back to deep throat. In the seventies, seventy two, Linda Lovelace taught us that it is okay to be liberal. She was a young woman that did this. It was okay. She had problems in her orgasm, having an orgasm, and she was suppressed. And she thought she was going crazy because she wanted it, and she didn't understand why she couldn't have it. But she was taught that giving your partner special attention was wrong. Until she went and she took the time to go to a doctor to see what was wrong with her. And he came up with, if you give your partner special attention, this will please you. So uh, I'm saying all this to say a lot of times, because we do have a stigma of what we're not going to do, what we can't do, because uh, back in the old time and days, we was taught that it was wrong to do this to do that. It was wrong to use the adults. It was wrong to bring in toys. It was wrong to have a threesome. That's a whole nother topic. It's just wrong, period. The adults was created for a reason. Sometimes your partner might not want, sometimes your partner may not want to please you. It's nothing wrong with a woman using a dildo. It's nothing wrong with same-sex partner using a dildo, if that's what pleases them. So as human beings, I really stress that we have to get out of that stigma and become very, very open-minded because you don't know what pleases you. You don't know what pleases you. Um, The old, they call it the old time and days. They set that standard for us on our sexual liberation. And half of us is, has brought it all the way to the year 2021. It's time, guys, it's time to break that. It's time to understand what makes you happy. And you can be like Linda Lovelace. If you can't talk to a friend that'll take you there and, and try to listen to you and not laugh and, and get you out of that sexual frustration, go see. Go see a doctor. Go see a sexual therapist. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's another stigma. We're taught not to go to doctors like that. We're taught not to seek help. It is okay, especially when you want to achieve it. It is okay. Um, when Linda Lovelace started the movie Deep Deep Throat and she realized that the only way she can get satisfied is giving special attention to her mate and she decided to put it on film. They ridiculed her for years to come after that. 
and she went through a lot. She was taught not to be sexual open. She was taught not to show women to be sexual open. You know, she was called every name in a book, but she kept going. And she was a young woman that did this. Um, going back to the vintage dildos, as I'm sitting here looking at the ones I purchased, they're hard, they're uncomfortable, they're loud, they're ridiculous. Some people don't want the toys in the bedroom, and that's okay too. So now at this point, you have to find a way to please yourself and partner. That's when you become very creative and you get to thinking, who can I use? Where can I be at? It is okay to take your sexual experience with your partner outside the bedroom. A lot of time it's better when you take it out the bedroom. It is okay every week you do something different and not get into this complacent pattern to where, okay, it's 9 o'clock, he's coming to bed, I'm going to bed, we're going to do this, you roll over, he roll over. That's half of us in America. And a lot of times when you find people that say that they don't, they won't, it's a teaching as they call it, the old-timing teaching days, they was taught that, and they don't know anything else different. And they're not trying to learn anything else different, but they want somebody to be there with them. And everything is just boring. It's like it's like a routine. And sex should never, when I say never, sex should never be routine, ever. Because what it does is that it makes for angering couples. Nobody's hearing each other. And you're not taking the time out to learn each other. You're not taking the time out to try anything different. You think because you don't gain maybe 50 pounds after you don't have the keys, he don't find you sexy anymore. And now you got a beer belly, she don't find you sexy anymore. Sexy is a state of mind. Can compare to the 
right, guys, we're back. That song you just listened to is called I Give You My Heart by artist Peter Wayne. And you are locked in into Fetish Finesse with Nisi. Now, if you would like to call in with questions, dial 515-602-9647 and press 1. Doing Ask Nisi. Um... I'm waiting for the next caller to come on in and call me and ask questions because I'm sure you guys got a lot of questions out there, and I'm just free to answer them. Hey, Missy. Yes. Hi, this is Hey. How are you? Fine. That's good. So I was listening to the show, and mm-hmm. I think that the information is very informative. Um, hopefully people are taking notes. I know I am. Um, and I actually do have a question for you. So when you speak on um, encouraging your partner to be open-minded, what if when it comes to, you know, the intimacy in the bedroom, what if your partner just refuses to try new things? How do you go about handling that? Do you just forget about it and choose, okay, well, he doesn't like this or she doesn't like it, so I'm not going to like it? Or do you find somebody else who is interested in doing that if you're not in a relationship? Like, how do you deal with that? I would deal with it as I'm going to start, I'm going to try to talk to him first. Mm-hmm. And if he act like, you don't know why he's, Ugh. like I said, right. he can be like born in the South and he was taught this this is not the way it goes. What's the problem mm-hmm. in showing him? Because if you right. show him and you butt-ass naked, guess what he's going to do? <laughs> he's going to come gonna on in, come in a visual, yes. And mm-hmm. why find somebody else? Who said you're not going to run into the same problem? Right, yeah. Okay? That's true. A lot of times we always want to bring in that third person. You don't bring in that third uh-huh. person to two people, two people that's in a relationship that sit down and make the rules and regulations for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, you better Thank go you for ahead. Calling. Okay, so wait. I, uh-uh, don't get me off the phone yet. I ain't done. I got some more questions. Hold on. I'm trying to get me off the phone. Um, now, let me ask you this. What if you are just now, like this is a a new partner of yours, um, and you guys are just now becoming intimate, do you whip out the balls, the chains, you know, your special abilities during the beginning of this relationship forming, or do you wait until you're in a more, um, uh, how can I say it, like a more solid relationship, like an actual relationship before you start showing him what that mouse can do and all of that good stuff. You ever heard the term, why buy the cow when you get in the milk for free? Uh-huh. Okay, then. So why would you give him all of that if he hadn't worked hard for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, are you born and go straight to the 12th grade or you start off sort of slow and hit <laughs> pre-K all the way up to the... <laughs> You know, it's it's a stage. He might yeah. not deserve that part. You might think after six months, why is, why in the hell I'm dating this douchebag? So I uh-huh. mean, no, I wouldn't open up myself too quickly to that. Uh-huh. 
I kind of figured that. Um, why why are men, and I won't say all men because I, I haven't slept with every guy, but why are some men um, a little restricted when it comes to, like, being handcuffed or having their hands tied up? Um, why do you think they're so against that? Have you seen the news lately? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Okay, a man, a man associates handcuffs with going to jail, especially mm. a black man. So what mm-hmm. you do is to get him to come on over to your side of the world, and you know you like that. Let him handcuff you first and build that mm. trust. Or you could handcuff him one on one arm, and you handcuff yourself on one arm, and just you have to build that trust. That's different. Mhm, mhm. You know, okay. it's like you have to be creative when you're dealing with different things and coming up with different things. It's about creativity. Right. Mhm. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't think I. Well, I, I I can be on your show all day with these questions, but um, I'm just okay. Okay, I do got one more question. Um. The whole semen thing, right, the taste of the semen, um, is that based on what you eat as far as fruit or, you know, bad food? Does that all play a role with the way that your body secretes? You know, that's what the medical doctors say. I'm mm-hmm. just going to tell you what I think personally. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if you just take your tongue and you go across that pre-semen, and you get that little mm-hmm. taste of it, you'd be like, mm. Some semen do have taste. Some don't. But what I would suggest is that you put something minty. What kind of candy you like? You put that on the inside of your mouth. If you want to suck it up before you get to them, that's fine. But a lot of times, if you don't and you just suck it halfway down and you get that little smooth edges to the candy, you know you can slurp on him with the can in your mouth. Mm, that's not like a lot of work. You know, it's not. <laughs> See, that's that stigma. What kind no. of sexual relationship <laughs> you want? That's not a lot of work, baby. It's, um, <laughs> well, it's called satisfaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I agree. do you like that? Because, you, you know, women enough. are, you know, our... You know, our juices are very different than most men. You would want him mm-hmm. to do certain things to you, right? Right, you don't of want course. Him to have yeah. step, so why would you have step? Uh-uh. You can't do that. You can't have step with him now. No, definitely not. I agree with you there, and I do agree with you know, we we are pillow princesses. Like we just want to sit there and get pleased all the time. So. Uh, There's nothing wrong with going all out for your guy um, after, of course, some time. But, okay, Missy. Well, I... Thank you. Yes, I think... Simply Bree, I appreciate you you calling in. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to hop off because I'm sure you got more callers. So, But thank you so much for taking my questions. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye.
Hello, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? Hello, how you doing? Hey guys, I'm back. This is Nisi. Next week's show is going to be about Kendrick and edging. Sex to me is more or less like building a foundation of a house. You know, you don't want a weak foundation. That means everything will crumble. So you got to start and you have to just start building up, building up, adding on, asking questions, communicating to your partner, making time, popping up at the job having dates on your lunch dates and just doing a lot of things that you probably wouldn't do and don't get too comfortable in um, your relationship. And that goes for the guys, too. If you notice something different about your lady, say something. If you notice she got on a different polish, make that known. If you know she got a hair cut and color, make that known. I would just, like... Women are emotional creatures. Hello, this is Nisi. Hello, Carla, are you there? Hello, Carla, this is Nisi. Hello. Hello, Carla, this is Nisi. As I was saying, women are emotional creatures, and lovemaking and your sexual activity actually starts on the outside of the bedroom. Make that you making that phone call. Hey, I was just calling to see how your day going at work. She's going to think about that. Mm, he's thinking about me. She's going to think about. What she needs to do for you by the time she gets home, she's going to plan that evening and get everybody, if you got small kids, get everybody put in the bed, and she's going to think about how can, how should she please you. And I think when most men get that down pat, they will understand, and they will actually get what they want from that woman or their partner, you know, whatever type of relationship, or the same sex, whatever relationship they're in. We don't discriminate. Everybody, you love who you love. You want to be with who you want to be with, you know? Hey, Carla, this is Nisi. May I help you? Hi, Hey, Nisi. Carla. Hey. How you doing? Good evening. Can you hear me? How are you? 
Fine, how you doing? You have a question for me? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> this is Bree. And mm-hmm. um I heard at the beginning of the show it's the history of the dildo, right? Yes. So you I can't get over that tennis ball thing. Uh so and you said that women were suppressed. That sounds like a lot of suppression. So can yes, you ex, can you ex, can you describe the the uh the dildos that were back then or what they were using because a tennis ball? What year was the tennis ball? Eighteen ninety eight. The first Actually, handheld dildo was made in 1900, and that was more like the hand crank. They call it the BD. So that's why I spelled it out, because when you think about BD, you're thinking about a sexual transmitted disease. So it was B-E-E-D-E-E. And if you heard in the beginning, you understand that the doctor, where, the hand, where his hands was getting tired, his arms was getting tired, he was the one that created all of this. So did, hello? So did it act? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello, Paula, you still see. there? Okay. Yes. Okay, so. I'm still here. So did it sound really like an egg beater? Yes, yes. And what you do is you just crank it up and you put your attachments at the end of it. And it came with, like, three different attachments, and the attachments are hard like plastic, like the real hard plastic type. So was it actually metal? Yes. And the the, um, attachments were, like, plastic? Yes. Oh, yeah, that that sounds like a whole lot of suppression there. And if it sounds like an egg beater... That that is a horrible sound. Who wanna hear some cranking, cranking, cranking while you're trying to get in the groove? Well, that's what they created for the women. And most of the most of the women back in those they call it the old timing days for virgins or unmarried. So who who would care about if they if they got their orgasm you know, off or not? They didn't care. They they could have cared less. Well, that that's very interesting. The egg beater, but the tennis ball. I I I can't imagine the egg beater. First of all, with the noise. Then you say okay. the tennis ball. What is the tennis yeah. ball doing? Yeah, yeah. What is the tennis ball doing down there? But anyway, uh, rotating. For it. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> And the table was metal. Actually, the table was metal, and the tennis ball was rotating. And when the women were scooped down enough to where the tennis ball can rotate on the clitoris, that's what will cause her to go into an orgasm. And when she's shaking, they feel like she has done enough of shaking, they will hold her down to cool her down. They call it the woman disease. Really? 
Yes. So an orgasm for a woman back there was called a woman a woman disease. Yes. Well, well, well. Okay, Miss Nancy, I'm sure I'm sure I'll have more questions, but uh, I'll I'll let you go now because I'm still stuck on that tennis ball. And it and the way you describe being laid on a metal table and you got to scoot down. That sounds like, yes. ladies, y'all know what that sounds like. That annual that we hate to go see, but we ain't got to visit no tennis balls down there. <laughs> okay, Miss <laughs> Nisha. Yeah, well, thank you for calling you. in. I appreciate you for taking time out to call in. Thank you for the info. Have a good night. No problem. You too. Hello, this is Nisi. I'm back. Um, it was funny that that caller called in and was and she wanted to know more about the tennis ball. That's why I want to do a history on the dildos just to take it. When we talk about sex, we always start from the middle to the end. But when you understand the history of the dildos, you understand the history of oppression, suppression, and you think about people don't think that you're supposed to be satisfied behind closed doors, which is a damn lie. Um, you're thinking like, ooh, that's awful. And that's where that stigmatism come in at. And then being raised in a certain household where religion is first, um, where you shouldn't talk about sex. Nobody's explaining it. That's taboo. You don't. You have no clue what to do when you come on your monthly. That's taboo. To me, that's sort of like crazy. And to understand the history and to give you the thought process of what needs to be said, what needs to be done, it's like, okay, then, well, let me do something different. Because you don't have to be suppressed, you don't have to ha- you don't have to be oppressed. You can actually be in sexual liberation is a such another level, and I really can't explain it. But it's such a freedom. I'm just gonna use the word freedom. It puts you free, and when you can talk about it and you're comfortable in your body from 90 pounds to 400 pounds, and you're free, it does. It's so unlimited for you. You're getting what you want. Your partner getting what he wants, your life is sort of like different. And you want to rush home to him. You want to rush home to her. So I've honestly been there myself, that suppression. And I can honestly say I know how that feels. I have a lot of friends that's at that moment in their life now. And I understand how that feels. I um going back to the beginning, I started fetish finesse because I wanted to get into the teaching part of it to let women know that it's help out there. Even though talking about sex is taboo, talking about bondage is taboo, talking about having pleasure behind closed doors is taboo. Um it shouldn't be. We're in a whole different world. We're in a whole different lifestyle. You have to do what makes you happy. You have to find your happiness out of it. You have to get a partner that understands you. 
and wants to be happy also. You some a lot of times we end up with people that's not open minded. And if you try and you keep going and, and that's not working for you, you have to sit down and make some decisions about what you're doing. Um I honestly don't believe that you should stay somewhere where you're happy, but that's just my opinion because I'm a very sexual person. I believe in the education of sex. I believe in even men. I believe you need to understand how everything about your body works before you come to her. I also believe from from dealing with a man that you have to understand all women are different. Just because this might work for Sarah, this ain't going to go for Rachel. So if you want her and you want to understand her, you have to sit down and have that conversation. And a lot of times that conversation is uncomfortable. It's okay. It is okay to be uncomfortable. If it's going to get you to that level of where you want to be. Um, You sleep together every night. There's no reason why you shouldn't have that conversation with your partner. There's no reason why instead of saying, no, I don't want to try this, try it. And if it don't work for you, just don't work for you. Do something different. I don't believe in a whole lot of no's between two people when it comes down to closed doors. You should always want to make sure your partner is happy. You should always want to make sure that um, you want to take it to another level to where you don't get into that state mode to where you're bored and you're complacent and it's like it's routine. You get bored and you be like, oh, Lord, here we go again. And it's like a dead donut having sex. They don't done all of that. We as people now have to try to look different. And that's okay. But that's where that uncomfortable conversation come in at. It's okay if you feel like, well, I got all these stretch marks, knee rolls. Girl, if you don't put that G-strain on and walk around, believe me, he going to get up. Oh, I got this beer belly. If you don't put them tighter whiters on, she'll get up because it's different. She's going to look at you as being open-minded. It's different. So, wrapping up the show. I just want to let you guys know that you can follow me at Shanice Grant, parentheses, Nisi, on Facebook. And you can tune in next week at 9 p.m. And if you have any questions, you can email at me at asknisi at he said what network.com. You can also call at 515 you can um, reach me on my IG at uh, fetish underscore finesse. And before I just really end the show, I just want to say something positive because with everything that's going on in the world, I always try to end my day no matter what is going on on a positive note. And I want to say sunshine for your thought process. Sexual liberation is setting someone or something free from imprisonment, slavery, oppression, and release. Now that you understand that, and I mean stop 
waiting for the light at the end of the tunnel and like that bitch yourself. God bless. I'll see you guys next week.